You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. We're only two days away from the 2020 NFL Draft, and at the time of this recording, we're probably three days before the Bears actually are on the clock. But nevertheless, we are excited that the draft season is finally upon us. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I want to thank you for joining us for our final mock draft episode of the year. And of course, my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, he is right here with me. The two of us, we've been working hard and independently to provide you what we are hoping to be our best mocks to date. Nick, any words of wisdom before we embark on this journey together? No, I mean, it's it, it was interesting that we both kept it a secret because we usually know going into each show what we're you know, projecting players to be at, but this time we both don't know what we have, so it'll be an interesting little uh, project that we have here. It would be, and as you say that, your microphone did that little hiccupy thing that has been doing this whole time we've been in the green room, and I know I had mic issues in the last episode, and we both put some money behind this to fix these issues moving forward. I think we've had these mics for about five years now, so I think it's time to retire these and move and upgrade. Uh, and we're doing this in time for the the draft. Both of ours will be here on Thursday. Uh, so just letting anyone know if anything weird comes across the microphones, other than what Nick actually says coming out of his mouth, uh, just rest assured that we are, we have a plan in place and we're going to be updating these mics here this week in time for the draft. Anything you want to say in your mic issues, Nick? Uh, no, I mean, hopefully it stays relatively under control for this last episode with this mic that, like you said, we've had for a while now. So I'm happy for Thursday to get here to get the new mics and be good to go. All right. Well, if you don't have any words of wisdom, I guess we should just jump right into the fire, huh? And real quick, too, I guess I shall everyone know we really did this in secrecy. I had our graphic designer name. I have uh, some files here for some images we're going to display here on the live screen for the broadcast. And uh, I was making sure to even hold my eyes and shield them as I was setting them all up. So I don't even know what Nick's picks are, vice versa. So this is a true uh, independent mock draft on each side, but we're going to kind of work it through together. So here we are, round two pick 43. Nick, I'm going to kick it over to you, and I want to know, who are you selecting with that pick? Yeah, with the 43rd pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Bears are going to select Penn State wide receiver K.J. Hamler to be that guy that comes in and makes a direct impact for the Bears on the offense. Right now, they're looking for somebody that can fill in the Z and also that zebra role. I think K.J. Hamler would be a perfect fit. He has elite speed, also played as a punt and kick returner at Penn State. Just a legitimate vertical threat that the Bears really don't have at this moment in time, can extend a defense vertically. And I think to maximize Matt Nagy's offense, you need someone like that. So I think K.J. Hamler, he was a guy that I had in my last mock draft. I kept him here. I just think it's the best fit for a huge need for the Bears right now. And I think he's just he can play a bunch of positions for the Bears, especially because Matt Nagy likes to do three by one sets. You can get a lot of, out of a guy like KJ Hamler, and that speed is just a difference maker. <laughs> I already hear someone's like, "Where's the jingle?" I have so many things going on on my screen. I'll bring the jingle back here. I promise. So many screens. I feel like Ryan Pace in the war room right now, Nick, with the amount of screens <laughs> that I have. So you're going with Hamler. So you didn't really change that up from your last mock, but. You don't have to. You're trying to make your best case, and if you had it previously, no reason to change it, right? Yeah, so I think I had K.J. Hamler at the 50th pick in in my last mock draft. And just just to preface before we kind of go through each and every one of these picks, I used Dane Dane Brugler's draft big board board to kind of project all these players. So where I'm having certain guys, I referenced – his big board to kind of put these players in place. But yeah, I kind of, I kept KJ Hamler as one of those second round draft picks. All right. So for my pick here, Nick, 
Round two, pick 43. Let's see if I can do all this smoothly here. I cannot. Too many screens going on. Let's go back to soundboard. Let's go back to video board, me. And now with my pick at pick number 43, I have the Chicago Bears selecting... Jalen Johnson, the cornerback out of Utah. I know. I wanted to add some fuel to the fire that is the cornerback position to replace Prince Mukamara. And Nick, I know in our previous episode, I said that I was fine with what the Bears currently have, but it kind of said on me, like, we should strive to be more than just fine. So enter Johnson. He's a physical press corner that he can immediately jump in and I think be the favorite to earn a starting role on the defense from the jump. What really stands out is that ideal combination of size, length, and athleticism that you want in a quarterback. He's six foot, 193. He has great arm length to go with it. He excels in press coverage. He makes wide receivers fight for everything. And on top of that, he's pretty versatile. He has different moves up there to line of scrimmage with his jabs. He's very savvy in that regard. I know he also plays with great anticipation, uh, which is, of course, helps him recover really quickly on some routes. And you'll see on his tape that he's able to take away the jump ball, evident by his 36.5-inch vertical. He's very smart, evident by his all-academic honors, and you can just really tell he does his homework. He's consistently recognized routes and concepts, which really allow him to tap into those instincts. He has decent ball production, six picks in the past two years, led his team with 11 pass breakups last season, and he really doesn't shy away from jumping in on run support. Now, of course, a few things that he needs to work on. A lot of his knocks are just due to his aggressive nature. He'll overreach. He'll overreact. Sometimes he'll focus on a quarterback too much, but all things that A, can coach up, and honestly, I would live with. I wouldn't mind a more aggressive corner on this defense taking chances. You can live with that with Eddie Jackson behind you and the pass rush that the Bears have in front of him. Also worth noting, he did have surgery in March on a torn shoulder labrum. I know that one well. Anthony Miller does. Same as Mitch Trubisky, just in case you wanted to put that into comparison. But why did I make this pick? I just think with the first picks, you have to find a way to bring in an instant contributor. And that's what I'm doing here at Johnson. Um, He's a position that has a huge question mark around it. And if he comes in, he would provide the answer. Like I said, this defense has the pass rush. He has a safety blanket in Eddie Jackson. He can just be himself, an aggressive press man corner who's out to make plays. He's Chicago tough. And with his mental fortitude, he'll soak up a ton of information from a veteran in Kyle Fuller. And he's just the type of guy that Chuck Pagano would love to get his hands on. So someone who I haven't had in any of my previous mocks, I'm going to go with Jalen Johnson, cornerback out of Utah with my first pick of my last mock draft. Any initial thoughts on that one, Nick? You know, corner's a good position, one of need. A guy that I was looking at possibly putting at that 43rd pick, Jeff Gladney, TCU cornerback. I think he's very fluid in his backpedal. But like you said, you need somebody that could be productive at that position because there's not a lot of proven players opposite of Kyle Fuller right now that the Bears can legitimately rely on. So it's a good pick by you, Will. I like it. Thank you very much. Oh, look at you. You're very kind right now, but you know, it doesn't take long. Seven picks later, the Bears, round two, fi- pick 50. We're right back on the clock and hold on, Nick. Phone's ringing. Thought I turned this off. Oh, it's actually, Nick, we have Seattle on the phone. Uh, they're wondering if we're looking to trade down from pick 50 over to pick 59. We'd also pick up pick 133 and a 2021 fourth round pick. What do you think about that? I think with this draft, with the capital that the Bears really don't have, we got to accept a trade, right, Will? I think we got to accept this trade. And I don't know, you found this trade via The Athletic. I believe it came from Adam Johnson. The reason why we're using this, we've mentioned this on the show, we're not draft trade experts. It's too hard for us to really project an accurate one. And we trust John's fan of us, friend of ours. And I think it's a great way to... uh, you know, pay tribute to him and use some great things and bring in some additional picks, which I know you and I were both hoping we can find a way to do here with our final mock drafts. Yeah, just something a little different. We usually stay pretty traditional to what the Bears currently have and usually don't go this trade back option. But just looking at Adam Johns's article, it made sense if this was a direction the Bears wanted to go in. This could be maybe a realistic one. So it gave us an opportunity to get some more players on our, you know, mock draft, our final one. But yeah, it was something that we were both open to, and that's why we're doing it. All right. Well, cheers to that. We got ourselves we got ourselves a trade so we can breathe for a second. 
But this is like Madden. We get to simulate, and we're already at pick 59. So nine picks later, Nick, I am going to hand it over to you. Who are you taking at, with the 59th pick? Yeah, with the 59th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Bears select Jake Fromm, quarterback, Georgia. I know I'm going to get a lot of slack for this one, but when I look at what the Bears currently have at, at the quarterback position right now, you obviously have Nick Foles, who they brought in, and Mitch Trubisky. The Bears today, Ryan Pace, one of the biggest points, I guess you could say, from his you know uh, what teleconference was that they weren't committed to bringing that or picking up that fifth-year option. Of course, it, most likely Trubisky is not going to be here in 2021. Realistic option that Nick Foles isn't either. Why not use one of these picks after trading back to select a guy that you can groom for the next season that could possibly be your starter? And I think what Jake from what Ryan Pace will see in him is a little bit of Drew Brees. Now, I'm not saying that Jake Fromm's going to be the next Drew Brees, but when you look at what he's good at, he knows how to go through progressions. He's very smart, very careful with the football, and will get the ball to his playmakers. That's all the things that everybody who likes Nick Foles is what you'll like in Jake Fromm as well. But I think obviously being younger, just having a little bit more upside, you can potentially see Jake Fromm grow in a system where there are weapons in place. And if you add a KJ Hamler like I already did, you're setting up for the future to be pretty bright for a guy like Jake Fromm. And I just think that what he did at Georgia – he had a lot of adversity that he had to go through. I mean, when you look at there was Jacob Eason who was already there. He gets injured. Jake Fromm takes a starting spot. Jacob Eason has to transfer. He goes to Washington. Justin Fields, when Jake Fromm was a sophomore, comes in or when he comes in and then he has to transfer as well. So he has fought to keep that position and be the guy at Georgia. And again, using Dane Brugler's kind of uh, big board there, he this is what he said about him. Uh, Jake Fromm on the Hogan Johns podcast, if the Bears were to trade, if there was a trade back opportunity, it would be hard to pass on him, Jake Fromm. His rhythm, his timing, you can win with a player like that. It's going to be hard for him to knock down a starting role, but I think he's going to be a player that is hard to keep off the field once he gets out there. And that's exactly what Jake Fromm has done his entire career. Once he gets out there, that's his position and that's what you're going to have to run with. And I think just all the intangibles that Jake Fromm has, you can see him having success in a Bears offense that has weapons in place. But I really just like the smart decision maker, knows how to throw from different arm angles, plays with confidence, 43 games played at Georgia, including a, uh, obviously a national championship, two SEC championship games, doesn't have the greatest arm, the best athletic ability, but he can run the Bears offense, make the right reads, and distribute the football to playmakers. So I'm going with Jake Fromm from Georgia. I'm a little shocked, but not entirely, coming from you. I would say <laughs> in an ideal world, if the Bears do select a Jake Fromm, you trade back maybe twice, and then you can pick him up later in the second or early in the third. I think right now pick 59 may, at least for my taste, Nick, be a little bit too high. But again, I like at least I like your conviction here. That's always a good thing. You liked them out of coming out of the combine. You haven't really changed it in that regard. Uh, but for me, a little too early for a quarterback. But that'll lead into my pick here. So with the 59th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, I have the Chicago Bears selecting. If I click on the correct soundboard link. Isaiah Wilson, the offensive tackle out of Georgia. And if, the, if this name doesn't sound familiar to you, it should, because I had Wilson in my previous mock draft at pick 50. But now at pick 59, I'm able to select the same player that I was willing to draft nine picks prior, but now I have a fourth rounder in my pocket as well. So I'm feeling like this is a pretty big win. Now, what do I like? I like that Wilson's a big-bodied player, and I mean he's big. He's over 350 pounds, and he's able to use that size to his advantage and really punish defenders with his tremendous power. He's also able to leverage that power to kick out edge rushers as well as at times be a pure mauler at the position. Even though Wilson is quite large, he's also very nimble. He can really get moving in space. And just like my first pick, I'm enamored with Wilson's combination of size, length, and athleticism. It's really no accident. You can you can only can get those rare breeds early in this draft, and when you have an opportunity, you have to pounce on it. Now, of course, Wilson has some things he needs to work on, but I already mentioned it. Nothing that he needs to work on can't be fixed with coaching. He's really a strong prospect in that regard. The only thing, I, if you want to summarize it all, 
It's consistency. He only had two years of experience before he declared for the draft after his redshirt sophomore season. If you're ready to lose weight, Noom Weight can help. Our weight loss program uses the latest in psychology and behavioral science to help you better understand your relationship with food and build long-lasting habits. And the best part is, you decide how Noom fits into your life. We won't tell you what you can or can't eat. Instead, we'll give you the knowledge and tools you need to make informed choices that fit your lifestyle. Start your trial at noom.com slash habit. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash habit. And I just see that Wilson, of course, he needs time to just continue to season. Uh, and also, if he ends up being the swing tackles or rookie or finds himself starting, all Wilson needs is time and experience because he's going to be a very solid tackle in this league. So why did I go ahead and make this pick? Well, really, it's quite simple. They just signed offensive tackle Jason Spriggs from Green Bay. He did go to my alma mater, IU, but he really struggled there, and I don't think you can really bet on him too much right now. And on top of that, you really can't have too many good offensive linemen, and I believe Wilson is probably better than some of the guys currently on the roster. Will he start week one? Maybe. Maybe not. The pick may or may not have an immediate return on investment, but this does protect the future both literally and figuratively. So I'm going with Isaiah Wilson here with my pick at number 59. Thoughts? So, Will, just now is Isaiah Wilson, is he starting in 2020? Is he just taking over Bobby Massey's spot? Or like you said, for the future, you have it solidified? really depends on how that battle goes out. Like I said, will he start? I don't know. That would be up to him to figure it out and how comfortable the Bears are. Ideally, not maybe. It depends. Because you can have the veteran to Massey, and of course, Wilson can step up later on. But if Wilson comes in and he's instantly better, then you have to play the younger, better kid here. You just can't give Bobby Massey the job because you're paying him more. So like I said, this one can go either way depending on how the battle breaks out. But I like, the, I like the value here in Wilson, and I like that even though if he doesn't start this season or right out of the gate, we all know how the NFL goes. He can be thrust into playing time, and of course, down the road, he would end up being a guaranteed starter in this league. It's interesting. Both of our you know, pick 59 are Georgia players who maybe are not projected to start in their first season. So we have some commonality, even though we did not share or talk about our picks previous to this podcast yeah that's actually i didn't even put together the georgia connection here between the two guys i was just thinking quarterback and position but yeah both went to georgia as well so very interesting like you said there's some uh consistencies and some mirroring with our picks uh here as we went through the second round all right second round's over nick time to jump into that fourth round which is exciting now that we have a fourth round pick all the way at pick 133, which sure the heck beats out of a pick 163. That's a whole round difference pretty much right there. So, Nick, I'm going to kick it over to you. Who's going to be your third at pick, uh, your pick at 133rd? Yeah, so with the 133rd pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, I have the Bears selecting Damian Lewis, LSU guard. I think what you get out of a guy like Lewis is somebody that can come in and fight for that right guard position, even though, you know, Ryan Pace said today that he really likes what Rashad Cowher was able to do, transitioning from defensive lineman to offensive lineman. Ryan Pace says a lot of things. But if you draft a guy like Damian Lewis, I think automatically what the Bears gain on the offensive line is someone who can just play physical, play nasty, and drive people off the line of scrimmage. Right now, the Bears don't really have an offensive lineman that kind of has that edge to him. Damian Lewis definitely does. Out of you know, in high school, he played on both sides of the line. Um, he was a shot put player in high school, but he didn't. He was a no star recruit coming out of high school. He enrolled initially at Northwest Mississippi Community College, played two years there, and then his dream school, LSU, called and he immediately committed. But he he was a JUCO player, someone that had to earn everything to get to the position that he is now, being a you know NFL draft prospect. So. I think that's where you see where where a guy like Damian Lewis gets his edge from, is able to drive people to the ground, just forcefully move people. He gets it from where he kind of grew his upbringing. And I really like that and just his ability to not only beat Rashad Coward or maybe Jermaine Defetti at that right guard position, but to just beat them and be the starter and be someone you can count on. He's not the best in space. That's just, just given his size and just how he plays. But you know that he will pr- create an impact in the run game, something that the Bears 
desperately need at this moment in time. And I think it's just paramount that the Bears do address that offensive line within these first couple of rounds because you got to remember, Nick Foles, projected to probably be the starter come week one, is not a mobile guy like Mitch Trubisky. He has to sit in the pocket. So you better have guys that can protect him. And also the running game needs to be immensely improved. Bring in a guy like Damian Lewis. I think he can add to this Bears offense just by creating, you know, one consistency on that offensive line, being a force and not taking, you know, the hits in the backfield, being driven back and not allowing David Montgomery to get yards. Damian Lewis would make a difference. Like I say, he doesn't move the best, but I just love how he plays a position. Okay, I can dig it. I understand it. So you would envision him starting over a Fetty? Yeah, I think there would be a really good opportunity for him to really just take that right guard spot. And of course, the Fetty, uh, he can play both guard and tackle, so you can still even kick him out to tackle if you really needed to down the road. So I can see this one. This is a very interesting pick here, Nick. Now jumping into mine, so round four, pick 133. I have the Chicago Bears selecting Nona Isaiah Wilson. I had to turn that one off. So many buttons. This is a fun one. So I have the Bears selecting with the 133rd overall pick. James Morgan, the quarterback out of FIU. Now, Nick, both and I, both you and I, we did go quarterback here with our additional pick. You got yours early, and of course, I waited to the fourth round here. But for me, I wasn't really feeling my way of drafting a quarterback there in the second round. And James Morgan is someone who I originally had in, I think, 196th with my very first mock draft right after the combine, but I don't believe he makes it to the Bears' next pick at 163 now, so I'll take him here in the fourth. And now what I like out James Morgan is that arm strength. He can zip it and place the ball anywhere with the velocity that he's able to generate. He grew up a Packers fan, and I'll forgive him, and things can change. Uh, and he does have similar strength to Rodgers and Favre in terms of his arm strength. You'll see him launch it with just a flick of a wrist. He's incredibly tough. He's a gritty guy. He played through that knee injury all of 2019. And when you watch him play, he just hangs in the pocket, even though he knows he's about to receive some serious punishment. But he's willing to take the hit if he knows that's what's going to be needed, if that extra half second's needed to make that play. And I love that gumption that he plays with. Now, of course, that's a double-edged sword. That's a part of what he needs to kind of work on. He does need to learn how to avoid contact better, uh, get rid of plays that aren't really going to be viable as well. And, of course, with any quarterback that you're taking, uh, honestly, in general, but even now in the mid-rounds, he just has to continue to work on the fundamentals, footwork, delivery, and just all those other intricacies that are part of being a quarterback in this league. Now, why did I go ahead and make this pick? And that is a really great question. I think if you're going to draft a quarterback in the mid-rounds this year, you better land James Morgan. I think with the current situation, a quarterback, he has no immediate pressure to jump in and be the guy. He can sit and learn from Foles for a year, even Trubisky. You'll have a hell of a mentor in Nick Foles, of course, with his leadership abilities as well. And honestly, he can watch two guys at the position slug it out in camp. It would be a pretty fun mix to be a part of. Now, just the other day, Morgan published a letter on the Players' Tribune. I think this was on Sunday, and he used the word detail five times. He talked about being detail-orientated. He even called himself, and I quote, a detail nerd. We all know who's obsessed with details in Chicago, and that's head coach Matt Nagy. The entire letter, though, is pretty awesome. He was talking about who he is, how he approaches being a leader, and primarily just helping others achieve their goals. And he'll work in day, uh, work day in, he'll work day out, whatever it takes to help his teammates achieve their goals. So it's not about James Morgan and his status. It's how what can he do to help his teammates succeed? And I think that's a great mindset to have. And he knows he has an uphill battle in front of him, but I don't think it's one that has him daunted uh, in any means. Uh, Will, I knew you'd make this pick. This is the guy that I was thinking that you were going to make because of the tweet. He liked the tweet that you you uh, posted on the the Chicago Audible account. So I'm like, you I did? bet Will. Yeah, he, he liked the tweet. Nice. I thought, oh, yeah. So I knew that you would have him. I I think before the podcast, maybe round six or something like that. But I knew he was going to be one of your guys. But see, we both have quarterback as well in our in our mock drafts. It's tough though. Like what round six would be great, right? You can get some other positions here and then also land this guy later. It's just you have no idea. I see him going in round four. I see him going all the way down, like you said, maybe the top of the sixth round. 
So I was like, I would rather be safe than sorry here, but you never know how this could shake out come this weekend. But yeah, regardless, it's be a very quarterback. Yeah, there we go. We got our quarterbacks. All right. Round five, pick 163. Nick, this is going to be over to you. Yeah, with the 163rd pick in 2020 NFL Draft, I had the Bears selecting Bryson Hopkins, Purdue tight end. Now, this is using Dane Brugler's draft board. He has him in the fifth round as ranked on his top 300 draft board as a number 167th prospect. And I was just very – it was interesting to see that he was that low on his – his draft board and just where he, um, you know, project him to be. But if you can get a guy like Bryson Hopkins, a guy that I really like, I got to talk to um, senior bowl and the combine in round five. I think you take that, especially with Trey Burton no longer on the team. There's not another guy other than Jimmy Graham that you can consistently rely on at the tight end position. And what Hopkins brings to you brings to an offense is just a receiving threat capable of making big plays down the middle. He was really, he did a really good job of just running seam routes and just one taking the right path to not get too far in front of the safety, but just in back of the linebacker to give his quarterback an option to make that pass, but and at Purdue, he lined up in a variety of different positions. You know, Matt Nagy would do something very similar in his offense, and good, like I said, good at running those seam routes. And at, with having four six six speed, he'll be tough for linebackers to cover, and he's just a taller target at six foot four for safeties to kind of match up with him one on one. I just think that this would be great value for a guy with I think has a lot of upside. He does need to get better as a blocker. I think he has a frame for it. His dad played 12 years with the Houston Oilers, Tennessee Titans as an offensive lineman, a left tackle. He's been working with his dad to improve his blocking. So I think he can improve there. But his biggest threat is being someone that you can rely on in the middle of the field as a receiving threat. I think if he's there in the fifth round, you don't even hesitate. You take Bryson Hopkins and you just give yourself a tight end for the future because we all know in year one, rookie tight ends, they just don't produce. That's just how that's just how it's been for the last couple of years. But give him some time where he doesn't have to be the guy. You can kind of lean on Jimmy Graham, who, again, I've said it before in previous podcasts. I'm not the uh, the biggest fan of, but you can use him later on and he could be a playmaker, especially in the red zone. You're not kidding. This would be a steal if you can find him in here in the fifth round. That's a very, I, I like the pick a lot. My one question to you on this pick, and maybe it's just all your picks so far. I'm keeping track. I have a notepad. Are you going to address the defense anytime soon? There's a turn. We're, we're getting to the turn. <laughs> just, just wait a sec. <laughs> all right. Sounds like a plan. But no, like you said, this, if he's sitting here, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the third round's too early. We don't have a third-round pick. Fourth round, maybe even on that fine line as well. Definitely can't take him in the second. So if he's sitting there in, in the fifth at 163, yeah, I can see that. They just let go Trey Burton here over this past week as well. So they're looking, of course, they need to keep at least 10 tight ends on this roster. That's the new bare minimum. So perhaps the tight end here would make a lot of sense. I was really thinking about taking Geno Stone from Iowa to get a safety, a defensive guy in there. But when I saw Bryson Hopkins in the fifth, I'm like, I have to do it. So, but like I said, there, there's a turn eventually coming. Well, we'll get there in just a moment. But first, I have to tell you my 163rd overall pick here in the 2020 NFL draft. And for my pick, I have the Chicago Bears selecting J.R. Reed, the safety, Nick, out of Georgia. The Georgia is really coming in strong here, which makes sense with Ryan Pace's uh, affinity with that school. But Everyone was probably hoping one of us would draft a strong safety here sooner rather than later. And I'm glad that I was able to be the first one up here. And Reed, he's someone that stood out to us at the Combine back in February. And I really wanted him in my first mock draft of the year, but couldn't make it work. But luckily, for agency happened. Some needs change. And Nick, I know when we were working through this final mock draft uh, on our last episode, you kept coming back to me. And what you said on that episode just kept ringing a bell. And that is you would rather have premier talent at the cornerback position over strong safety. And that's why I went with Johnson in round two. And obviously, uh, he is uh, the drop and the cornerback position in this draft from the second round here to the fifth is, I think, much more severe than uh, someone here at the box safety role. You can get, it's not going to be a Duggar or even a Jeremy Chin, 
in terms of the athletic ability, but you can still find a very solid player here in J.R. Reed and a lot of value here at pick 163. And what I like out of him is he already looks, feels, and plays like an NFL safety, uh, perhaps that's due to his dad and uncle both being pros. You better believe Reed knows this game inside and out, and that, that shows with his high football IQ. Those smarts, they come in handy because he plays with anticipation as well as instincts. That's why he's able to get those seven passes defense and an interception this past season. He's a downhill nose to the football type of guy. You'll see him run through receivers when they're attempting to make a catch. He's also pretty good at shutting blocks inside of the box uh, to kind of run down ball carriers. And he's always watching the quarterback. And since he understands concepts and he's able to pick up on patterns, he kind of knows how to, has a nuance of baiting quarterbacks into making perhaps the wrong decision. Now he needs to work on. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com some items of course uh, but really the one thing that he lacks can't be coached and that's just more speed or athleticism but with him playing more in the box I believe uh, you know of course covering tight ends and uh, bigger slot guys we should be okay with this Um, but he does I would he would benefit from going into the weight room and uh, picking up a few pounds as well as some extra muscle so why did I make this pick yeah, I still think it could be end up being a mistake if the Bears don't draft a safety. Really uncertain if you can afford one. The veteran's still floating around. You have Dion Bush, you have DHC, and McManus all coming back. But I think they need someone who can be a real contender to start. So Reed battling Dion Bush in this scenario, and I think that'd be a fun competition to watch. Reed makes sense here. Uh, he may not be as physically gifted, like I said, as Chin or Duggar, but he can play a role in this system with his smarts. And I think he'll blend right on in. So for me, this is a perfect fit for this defense, at least drafting a safety in the fifth, fifth round, the best fit you can find. Thoughts? Yeah, that's, I mean, I had J.R. Reed, I think, at that that uh, pick in the fifth round in my last mock draft. I really like what he just brings to the field. Really good tackler. You're not He's not going to be a guy that misses tackles. And look, tag that alongside Eddie Jackson, and it just makes sense. But like, like I said on the other podcast, Will, you could probably get a better corner and then still get a decent safety later in the draft, and you you will take that as you know Chuck Pagano, the defensive coordinator. But J.R. Reed, a guy that I really like, you really like. Obviously, we got to you know see at the the combine, but I would be perfectly fine if the you know the Bears made that pick as well. Yet you still have not gotten a corner or a safety or a defender here, and we're moving up to almost a two hundredth pick. Nick, That's right. I, mean- I got I got great value coming with this next <laughs> pick. So. So the value menu is pretty much how you're going to define the second half here of your mock? Absolutely. All right. So round six, pick 196. Nick, this will be over to you. Who are you selecting with this pick? Yeah, with the 196 pick in the 2020 NFL draft, I have the Bears selecting Julian Blackman, Utah safety. So I'm finally addressing the defense, finally adding another safety to the mix. I know. It only took me a couple of picks to do that, but – Blackman, he's he's a baller. He's a guy that actually was supposed to. He received interest to play basketball, but given his size at six foot one eighty seven, he as a point guard, he just knew he wasn't going to make it. So he gave up basketball to play football, and he initially played corner, but then moved over to the safety position and. Really, he kind of excelled at that area, even though it was kind of new to him. Um, he was he did accept an invitation to the Senior Bowl. I don't uh, honestly going back there. I don't even remember seeing him there, but just watching his film, just a guy that is very aggressive, plays fast, a hard hitter. Even though he's not the heaviest guy, he just brings it. He's bringing all of his weight with him. Um, identifies running lanes and fills them. He lined up at single high, too deep on tight ends in the slot. But like I said, with that transition from corner to safety, you could see that in his game. He just looks fluid in his backpedal. Just in three seasons there at Utah, 29 passes defended, nine interceptions, led the Pac-12 in interceptions last season. And I think his teammate, Terrell uh, Burgess, 
maybe kind of overshadowing him right now because he's projected. He's also played safety, projected to go a little bit higher, a lot higher, to be completely honest, than um, Blackman. But he just has a lot of upside. If he could put add some weight to his frame, I think you get somebody that is not just going to be somebody that's just a special teams player, legitimate, give him a couple years to learn, to just kind of watch, maybe start off on special teams. I think you have a legitimate player here, Will, that I like as depth at first, but after we see with Deion Bush and what happens this season, you can go back to Blackman and say maybe you could be the guy opposite of Eddie Jackson. And like I, I've said it before on previous podcasts, I re- I like Deion Bush. I think he will be the starter, and I feel comfortable with him. But I still wanted to add somebody else just to put in that room to learn for this first season. But Julian Blackman is a guy, a lot of upside, has that that ability to play at corner, but transition so he has a footwork, and I think he could be a player down the road. Okay. I, I what I'm hearing here is more of your affinity for Dion Bush continuing to grow compared <laughs> to getting on board with the Blackman. I like Blackman. He's an interesting prospect. With him being a tweener in, in between positions, I guess that's what worries me because right now he doesn't have a defined role. If he can do a little bit of everything, maybe he can't do one thing great, and I would rather have someone who can do that one thing great, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. So he didn't make the transition to say he didn't wasn't playing corner. He initially started there. And then transition only played safety. But I think it just adds versatility to his game, knowing that he did play that position. Hey, it, it gives it adds more, I guess, ways you get on the field, big nickel looks, a way that maybe Julian Blackman down the road can play some defense. All right. Well, with my round six, pick 196, I have the Chicago Bears selecting... Devin DeVernay, the wide receiver out of Texas. And Nick, you're like, damn it, Will, do you really have to put the same guy into every one of your mock drafts this year? And the answer is yes. Uh, I do want to congratulate Devin on being the only prospect that has officially made it to every one of my mocks this year. I know it's a very esteemed award, uh, but I have taken him at pick 163 on the first two versions, but I'm going to take him here at 196. It's not that I believe he's not worth the higher pick, but I took a chance, snagged the safety earlier, and uh, of course, I knew that Reed was probably not going to make it this far down, and with the deep wide receiver class, there's a good chance that Devin DuVernay can be here at pick 196. Now, I'm going to quickly go through what I like. I've said it a few times in the podcast before, but you love the speed. He's a 4.39 guy, but he's not just a speed guy. He is also a very compact, stocky, sturdy-built player who uses that frame to run defensive backs down. He's notoriously known for being just tough to tackle. Love the physicality that he brings up to the position on top of just his speed. Top five wide receiver in uh, all of production, 2019, 106 catches, nearly 1,400 yards, nine touchdowns. He can take a top all defense off of a defense or just kill one silently with yards after a catch and picking up yards in the screen game. Additionally, the only thing he really needs to work on is his route running, which continually can be approved with good coaching. So why did I make this pick? Honestly, same reasons why I just keep drafting this guy. It's that unique combination that I keep mentioning. Here's a guy that can be a contributor as a rookie at the position because really there's no one else like him on the team currently. There's no one that on the position that fast and outside of Robinson, that physical. And unlike a pure speed guy who can just send him fly routes, you can use DeVernay in the short and immediate games. And like I said, he earned a lot of his living off of the screen game last year, which we know the Bears love to run. They just haven't found a way to make that as successful as they maybe did in 2018. And DeVernay could be that guy to kind of bring that back on track. So Nick, no surprise here uh, with this pick. You've heard about him a few times now. Uh, I don't know if you have any questions, comments, or concerns on it, but... It's Devin DeVernay. You've heard about him. I've gushed about him, and I'm not stopping now. No, and you shouldn't. If you really like a prospect and when you're filling out your mock drafts, if it just fits, then you go right ahead and do it. I I have no problem with you, one, addressing a major need on this Bears offense, someone that adds that that speed element that they desperately need. And, yeah, it's just a guy. It's it's a draft crush if you really want to, you know, look at it that way. Well, so someone that you you like and you start from the beginning – you know, researching him. So it's like, uh, you know, the, my first three picks, those are the guys that I really liked in the beginning. And I somehow got them all in this one, which I'm really happy about. 
It's always a nice thing when you trade down. It feels like, like I told you, you and I were texting about this. It just felt like with this trade, we were able to be a little bit more creative and honestly get mock drafts that we're a little bit more excited about compared to just sticking to what the current Bears have in terms of their pick allotment. Are you ready for the sixth round? I know it's really good stuff once we get to this stage. Oh, oh absolutely. still there, but the bottom half yeah. of it now. Well, technically, uh, what? Uh, four picks later. Uh, my math was uh, eluding me there for just a minute. So four picks later, round six, pick 200. Nick, which direction are you going? Yeah, with the 200th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, I have the Bears selecting Madre Harper, SIU cornerback. Now, this is a guy that I think is an interesting prospect um, on Dane Bruegel's uh just draft board he hasn't projected sixth seventh round that's exactly where i'm drafting him but he also called him in his if you guys haven't seen his article basically titled the beast where it has 300 prospects in-depth analysis on all of them he wrote that harper is one of the draft's most intriguing sleepers and i started watching draft just some film on him i had to look up jeremy chin to find his film because (laughs) there wasn't much on just harper but he's a guy that just made a lot of plays at siu 14 passes defended last season good he just has good route recognition aggressive there's a lot of times where these quarterbacks at that level are just leaving the ball up and Harper's making these wide receivers pay. And what's what's interesting is that he actually has longer arms than than Chase Young, which I found intriguing and kind of crazy because Chase Young is a large, large man. But Majority Harper is just a freakish athlete as well. He almost had 20 scholarship offers committed to Oklahoma State over Iowa, Oklahoma, and Stanford. I don't know why he didn't go to Iowa. That would seem like a poor choice by him. Uh, (laughs) But he was dismissed from Oklahoma State at the start of his sophomore year for a violation of team rules. They didn't go into exactly what those were. And he sat out for most of the 2017 season. But like I said, he played at SIU for the final two seasons. His father played at Memphis, cousin at Utah State. So there's, there's football. He's always been around it. He went to SIU, made the most there, was able to... You know, just produce a lot of highlight tape, just a lot of good plays. And usually when you saw Jeremy Chin on one side, there's a good chance you'd see Madre Harper also on that side. But he was a guy that played both sides as well at SIU. So he has a lot of upside. And, like, Dane Bruegel's a guy that I really trust, uh, someone that he knows. He's talked to a lot of scouts, coaches. But when he writes something like one of the draft's most intriguing sleepers – and if you can get someone like that in the sixth round, you do it. You got a guy that's six foot two, one ninety six, a tall, lengthy corner who had big scholarship offers from big schools. If you can get something out of that that six that round six pick, you'd go ahead and do it. But I think now now I've obviously addressed like a safety, a cornerback there later. But I think there's just a lot of upside with those picks and with these, you know, later round guys. That's kind of what you're looking for because it's so hard to find a defensive player that's going to be something down the road. Oh yeah, this, at this point, you are trusting your instincts really more than anything. When you were researching Harper, did you come up across any fun facts or any interesting stories about him besides the offers? Because he's someone that honestly I haven't heard of the name until you just mentioned it. Um, other than just having a bunch of family members playing that he had that many offers. I can pull it up on Dane Bruegel's thing real quick just to see if there was anything else. But that, that those were like, I guess the biggest kind of things um, received almost 20 scholarship offers um, dismissed after that season. And that's really it. There's, there wasn't anything else in terms that was like, Oh, now you know a little bit more about him, but it, it's, I think we all know Jeremy Chin. It feels like everybody knows who Jeremy Chin is. Madre Harper, I'm like, oh, this is a guy that's actually, you know, going into the draft. I had no idea, but uh, I'm glad that I was able to kind of tell people a little bit about this guy. Yeah, you did a great job, Nick. I appreciate it. Now, moving into my 200th pick, I have the Chicago Bears selecting. I can do the I can do the noise myself, but I really shouldn't. Uh, So I have the Chicago Bears selecting with the 200th pick. Solomon Kindly, the offensive guard out of Georgia. So, Nick, this makes three players out of Georgia that I've taken in this mock draft. I didn't even know that until after I submitted all my picks. Uh, Just letting you know that now. That's Pretty interesting. Now, at this stage of the game, uh, you may as well throw in another body at the offensive line. And since we took tackle early, I'll go ahead and add to the mix in the interior. 
And we'll go ahead and we'll take care of that by selecting another offense lineman from Georgia, Wilson's teammate, Solomon Conley. Uh, kindly. Now, what is crazy is that I'd even consider the fact, like I said, my third bulldog taken, he just felt like the best fit in value here. Now, what I like first and foremost is that he brings the nasty. He's a wide bodied guard and he does his best work when he's asked to play in that phone booth. He's not really known for being very agile, which is different when the Bears currently have. Nick, I know you alluded to this too as well, but I think it may be a good thing. He's a violent man. He loves to play mental games with defenders. Uh, his build and his strength, it's really hard to move him around. He brings that attitude that we'll be missing in Kyle Long. It's that fiery passion. Now, of course, any prospect at this stage needs to work on some things, but in general, sticking to blocks. Kindly can benefit from continuing to work on all of his mechanics and honestly just being comfortable with himself. Now, there's a couple ways I could have gone with this pick, but I thought it would just best serve the team to bring in another lineman to compete for a roster spot up front. And even though Kindly is known for being a mauler, I think there's even more savviness to his game than we saw maybe in last year in Rashad Coward when he took over right guard. Now, the Bears double-dipped with two offensive linemen from Notre Dame in the undrafted free agent market a year ago, so I wouldn't rule out drafting two from the same school as well. So with my pick here, Solomon Kindly from Georgia is going to be my 200th pick here in the 2020 NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, Will, that you have so many Georgia Bulldogs, but the Bears love drafting players from Georgia. So, And we both, obviously, I have one and you have three, but... A, you're adding to the offensive line that obviously needs people. I don't know what Ryan Pace just sees in Rashad Coward so much that he just feels like he needs to constantly, you know, just reassure him that he could be the guy that starts there. Jermaine Infetti, it's it's interesting to me that he keeps, I don't know, just having these positive remarks about those two players. Yeah, I heard that he was, uh, in terms of Coward, still pretty high on him today, which is fine. You need to, you can't publicly diss a guy, especially a guy who's gone through so much transition as a coward, but you're right. It is interesting at least to see uh, that he's at least publicly saying he's comfortable. Although I don't think that would deter him from drafting a guard in any position here in the upcoming draft. Now, one more round to go, two more picks to go round seven, pick 226. Nick, this one is over to you. Who's going to be the pick? Yeah, with pick 226, I had the Bears selecting Trayvon Hill, Miami Edge. And I think this would be an interesting pick and would be a little bit out of um, Ryan Pace's just what he's done in the past, just in terms of what kind of players he wants to bring to this team. Because Trayvon Hill is a guy that has had some off-the-field issues. And it started as early as high school. He was forced to leave the program that he was currently at um, and then – he considered offers from Clemson, North Carolina, eventually chose Virginia Tech. He was released from Virginia Tech. He did stay with the program, though, and get his bachelor's degree, which I think kind of shows a little bit of maturity. But you see that there's a, a couple of red flags there just being released from two different programs. But went to transfer to Miami, and he got offers from Maryland, Missouri, and Three years at Virginia Tech, 11 and a half sacks the last year in Miami, this last season, four and a half sacks. But he's a guy, and you're not really expecting much out of a seventh-round pick, but he did show some flashes of being able to get to the quarterback. Um, mostly those those flash plays happened when he got a good snap off the ball, off the line of scrimmage, and it just wasn't consistent enough. I think that's what all these players at this stage is sixth seventh round they're just not consistent or maybe they're lacking something physical but I think that's where you see a guy like Trevon Hill he has flashes but you just see him so sporadically that you can't consistently say this could be a guy and remember the Bears obviously have Cleo Mack Robert Quinn and could still add some depth they have Barkevious Mingo Isaiah Irving but if it's always good to add an edge player when you can, it's just one of the most coveted positions. Again, going back to Dane Brugler's um, The Beast in his article, he writes, overall, he'll flash the high-level pass rush potential during his time in college, but consistency and discipline both on and off the field have held him back. He's projecting as a low-risk, high-reward lottery ticket in the later rounds. I think it's it's there Potentially, if he could just keep his head on straight, not get in trouble, commit and just to this game, maybe, maybe have something. But I'm not going to go out on a limb and say this is the next, you know, late round steal for a guy that, you know, has been cut from a couple programs because of stuff that's happening off the field. 
Very interesting pick there, especially to go edge. It seems like you're really harping on the defense here in the second half of the draft, as you alluded to at the midway point. But just to jump right into my pick, so with my 226th pick, I have the Chicago Bears selecting Carter Coughlin, the edge player out of Minnesota, and my runner-up was Hill out of Miami. Just to let you know, Nick. Uh, but the red flags did scare me a little bit. But we are on the same page here with addressing the edge position. And I was actually looking at Coughlin, uh, not this draft, my second mock draft. I'm like, oh, this could be a guy, but I decided not to have him. I'm glad I get to hear a little bit more about him because I didn't, you know, go into the the research there. So go ahead, Will. Sure. So, like, I think you and I felt the same thing. I and mean, when I got to this stage, my gut just said, you have to address the defensive front. And I was looking at defensive ends, edge players in general, and Carter. He just kept coming up in my notes. He was an ultra-productive edge defender in the Big Ten. He racked up over 40 tackles for a loss, 22 and a half sacks, and eight forced fumbles throughout his career. He plays with a high motor. He has a wide variety of polished pass rush tools, which is very hard to find at this stage of the draft. Uh, he's refined in his pass rush mechanics, uses that motor to get some second wins and really disrupt the passer. Uh, he uses that variety to very astutely change things up. He's kind of like a pitcher in that regard. He has a few pitches in his arsenal that he can change up uh, as he pleases. He keeps offensive linemen guessing between his rush speed and approach. And he also, he can be used to be uh, dropped into coverage. As we all know, the Bears defense likes to do with their edge guys. Now, what does he need to work on? Well, the reason why Coughlin's not drafted earlier with that sort of production, as well as uh, polished uh, mechanics, is that he's a little slender and he's a below average for the size that you would like at edge, as well as uh, some minimal athleticism. He's more of a grinder type, as of a guy who can just win with power or speed. He may not have as high of a ceiling as your guy Hill, but he's someone who I think could be an instant contributor on special teams, as well as to compete to be that fourth guy in the edge rotation. Uh, like you said, you need someone else in there with Vodders and Irving, and I know Mingo's the third guy, but you need someone there to fight for that fourth spot. And even if Coughlin's not the flashiest, I think I would take a slow burn here that would lead to some results in the very limited playing time you would even need on defense. And like I said, he should be a very solid special teamer in the league as well. So for me, I'm going to go on to go with a uh, solid, not flashy player in Coughlin where you're going more high risk, high reward in Hill. Yeah, and I, I, again, when I made the pick, it's like, would Ryan Pace even consider a guy that has multiple red flags already in college? I know that uh, that's just not a route that they like to go. And, you know, there are certain teams in the NFL that will be more open to taking guys like that. But, yeah, it's, again, late se- round seven. Who knows? Who knows exactly who knows at this point, but round seven, pick 233. Let's go ahead and give out our Mr. Irrelevant. So, Nick, over to you. Who's going to be your final pick of your mock draft? Yeah, final pick for the Bears, pick 233. I had the Bears selecting Patrick Taylor, Memphis running back. I know I spoke on the last podcast saying I felt content with the Bears, what they had. They just used David Montgomery, Cohen, and you add in Cordell Patterson, right? But we talked about it. I thought maybe maybe they could add somebody that is a little bit of a bigger back. Patrick Taylor, he was a guy that shared a backfield with Daryl Henderson and Tony Pollard, both guys that are in the NFL. But as a backup behind Henderson in 2018, 208 carries, 1,122 yards, 16 touchdowns. And he also had 17 receptions for 197 yards and two touchdowns. Very productive guy, and in 2017, he did unfortunately sustain a left foot injury where he had to miss seven games, but just seeing what he was able to do on the field, there are certain elements that kind of remind me a little bit of Jordan Howard, just a big physical runner, keeps his legs moving, but with Patrick Taylor, he's just a little bit more athletic. You can get him out and put him in the slot, even out wide where he can run routes and is capable of doing that, adding that versatility to the offense, but is also a physical runner. When he puts his shoulder down, well, those defenders are bouncing off of him. There's a lot of goal line situations where you'll see a guy like Patrick Taylor just win with physicality. Now at times he's just running too high and not playing to a six foot one, 217 frame. But if he can just learn to play a little lower to the ground, you can use that to your advantage. But he also showed some soft hands as a receiver. So why not use it on a a pick that possibly you can maybe implement? I don't think this year, 
honestly, when you look at just what the running backs look like and just how Matt Nagy hopefully uses his guys moving forward. But if Tariq Cohen's not here, let's say a year from now in 2021, maybe bring in a bigger back like a uh, Patrick Taylor that could still add versatility to an offense, but really bring that physical prowess that the Bears kind of are lacking. I like David Montgomery, don't get me wrong, but there's not that big back that can get those yards. Like you were, I know you you said that perfectly in the last podcast, Well, so took your advice and I took a guy like Patrick Taylor. I like Patrick Taylor a lot. He's a very interesting option. And like you said, uh, very along the lines of what I was outlining, what the Bears should probably look at the running back position, which leads me to my 233rd overall pick here for the Chicago Bears. And with it, I have the Chicago Bears selecting Michael Warren the second running back out of Cincinnati, uh, a guy that I had in my last mock draft in the same exact spot. I'm going to go ahead and keep him. And Nick, I think Taylor and Warren may be two backs cut from the same cloth. Another powerful guy, 5'11", 218, uses his size to be a very powerful runner with that compact frame. Uh, He's also known for being a nuisance, tough to bring down. Defenders are always falling off of him, very slippery in that regard. But on top of just being a bruiser back, he can also show some value in the passing game. He had over 40 catches the last two seasons. So he, in a sense, he can do it all. He can be shifty as well, playing outside of the tackles. And like you said, he may not have the biggest role or any running back at this stage, may not have the biggest role in this offense, but I think having a guy with this capability wouldn't have a lot of value on this offense this season. Uh, There's a guy in Daryl Williams, who my guy Michael Warren compares to out of Kansas City, who, again, small but a very effective role. And I would take the similar results here at pick 233. So I'm going to go ahead. Two running backs here, Nick. I think we are thinking the same thing here uh, more ways than not. I don't need to harp on Michael Warren too much just because I already hit on him in the last podcast. But very interesting that you came around to the running back train. Yeah, I did. I think you could still use Cordell Patterson a lot more. But, yeah, again, we kind of have similar thoughts and just what you could possibly do with, what, pick 233 in the seventh round. Now, I think this would be the second year in a row now. Kareth White was their last mm-hmm. pick in the seventh round. Obviously, they let him go. He does some good things with Pittsburgh. But the Bears are looking for running backs. They just got to find one and actually keep them. Well, that's, the, that's the hard part right now <laughs> for the Bears. I mean, they do have two backs they drafted, but also losing a guy like Kareth White last year. Again, it's not going to break the team's back, but it was still disappointing just because we know the the raw talent he has and I believe that the Bears were hoping he could be the eventual Cohen replacement in this offense if they come up you know Cohen will be up for a contract here soon and that could end up being a very pricey one that the Bears may not be able to afford we'd have to walk over that bridge when we get there but do you want to go ahead and recap your draft for everybody yeah so for my first pick in the second round I have the Bears selecting KJ Hamler and then with the trade back with the Seahawks, I have them going with Jake Fromm, quarter, uh, quarterback out of Georgia. Then with that, um, what would that be? A fourth round draft pick, Damian Lewis from LSU, the guard. And in the fifth round, I have Bryson Hopkins, tight end out of Purdue. Then Julian Blackman in the sixth round, safety out of Utah. Madre Harper, SIU corner. And then Trevon Hill is the edge player out of Miami. And then with the last pick, like I just said, Patrick Taylor, running back out of Memphis. And then for my draft over here, I started off by drafting a physical press cornerback in Jalen Johnson that I believe could be a front runner to replace Prince of Mukamara. After trading down to pick 59, still able to select my initial target and offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia. Big body tackle, probably better than some of the guys on the roster. Should be a very strong tackle in the league for years to come. With our fourth round pick that we received in that trade, I pulled the trigger in what I believe could be or is the best developmental quarterback in this draft in James Morgan. Follow that up by going ahead and getting some great value at box safety in J.R. Reed. Uh, but his high football IQ kind of helps him overcompensate some of the lacking of true physical gifts. But again, this defense is already full of playmakers looking for someone solid there. Then I stuck with one of my favorite wide receiver targets in Devin DuVernay. Nick calls him my my uh, draft crush, and I think he's probably accurate in that regard. Talked myself into taking a third Georgia Bulldog and offensive guard Solomon Kindly, who brings some of that nasty back to the group. 
And then seventh round, added a body at outside linebacker. See if you can shake things up in the back end of that rotation in Carter Coughlin. And ended my draft with a powerful running back that I think would complement the team's skill set in Michael Warren II. Nick, I like your mock draft too, but I like mine better. I knew you had. I knew you were going to say something along those lines. I was going to uh, maybe just say we should make a bold prediction. This draft, I, I have two of them. I'll, I'll give. I'll say them first, and then I'll give you a chance. I think that one, the first one, the Bears will select one of our Georgia players. The guys that we have mentioned, you have three. I have one. The Bears are going to draft one of those guys. Come, you know this this weekend. Second one. The Bears are going to take two of my guys. I don't know who, but the Bears are taking two of my guys from this mock draft. I like that. I will go outside of our mock draft world here. My bold prediction for the upcoming draft from the Chicago Bears will be three tradebacks from this team to recoup picks, not just for this draft, but uh, picking up a couple in the mid rounds in 2021 as well. So trading back maybe a couple times early after you snag a pick. I think that would be beneficial and obviously people are envisioning a trade back, maybe a couple, but I think three would be a bold prediction in its own right. I think the the draft where they had Cody Whitehair, there were two, if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't want to say 100%, but I think there were two there. So, hey, this is a, an area where maybe they can look to just recoup, like you said, picks this year, but next year as well. And three would be three would be a huge, huge addition to just for this team moving forward. Yeah. And on top of that, too, I mean, you just whenever you can recoup picks, I guess right now it's you have a couple in the second round and then you just without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 24 seven with supplies and solutions for every industry and access to product specialists ready to help. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Drop into the fifth. So if you can find a way to add picks between or even just more picks in the same realm, you're just giving yourself more chances to, you know, hitting on some of these instead of just missing completely. Because with their current crop of picks, it's, you know, if you miss on a half of them, you're already in trouble moving forward. And so they need to have a bigger sample space in order to hopefully hit on some more because we're going to need it this year. Yeah, absolutely. And Ryan Pace always does better with the later round draft pick. So if he can move away from the top ones, I think it gives him more of a possibility of getting good players. Absolutely. But Nick, you know, coming up this weekend, by far some of my favorite days of the year that's about to happen. We're going to spend some real quality time together remotely as we wait for each and every Bears pick to come in. And of course, some of my favorite episodes each year is when we are live as soon as the Bears are on the clock. And I know uh, last year you had to miss it because you're having to take a bathroom break and you didn't believe us when you told us uh, when we told you or texted you, hey, the Bears are trading up here uh, in the second round. So... Well, it was that was a good second time. round too, right? David Montgomery no, was, was a, third? Uh, third round. Yeah, third wow, round. So yeah. I did not believe you guys and went to the bathroom. And I I think it was Brandon first messaged me and then you did. And I'm like, come on, you guys. Then I checked Twitter. Like, all right, we got to we gotta wrap this up. We got to get back to, you know, talking about this pick. But that was that was funny. Yeah, come Sunday, I'm usually pretty depleted after this upcoming weekend that we're going to have. But it's definitely... Like I said, some of my favorite days of the entire calendar year coming up, not just the draft, but our live shows that we usually do are really fun. We're figuring out because he's going to draft a couple players that we've done all our homework for months and we're not going to have a clue who they are on the spot. We're going to have to try to figure it out, which is always fun. Oh, it definitely is. Joel E.A. Buniwe, like who is looking up that player, right? So there's definitely going to be a couple of them this draft for sure. Absolutely. Anything you want to say before we sign off? Uh, you know what? We we did our homework. Uh, we put as much into this as we possibly could, but I'm just glad that we're finally here. There's not going to be any more mock drafts. This is our last one. And yeah, just really looking forward to something new in sports that's actually going to happen. Something that, you know, just takes your mind off things. So really grateful for the draft happening when it is. It's still happening, different format. And it'll be interesting to see, it, you know, a virtual draft, but really looking forward to it. I can't wait for you know, this weekend, basically. 
Absolutely. I second everything you said, but that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. No matter who you are, where you are, or how you consume our show, you are always appreciated. And if you like the show, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. We're only 31 away from sending someone a free Chicago Bears jersey of their choice because every time we hit a century mark, that's just what we do. And we're sitting at 569 the last I checked. So 31 gets us to 600 and another Bears jersey can hit the mail perhaps over to your inbox. Now we'll be back as soon as the Chicago Bears are on the clock. Will it be at pick 43? Will it be later? Perhaps sooner? Whatever the case may be, we'll be here. But until then... Bear down, Chicago. personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.